Hey, hey, welcome back everyone to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm your host, Tom Workus, and today I sit down with AJ Wilcox, who is the founder of B2 Linked, which is a LinkedIn ads performance agency. In today's call, me and AJ discuss how he got his start growing this agency, how he was let go from his company as an employee, and then decided to start this company from scratch, and what that process was like, and also how quickly he got it up and running, and to a point where it replaced his day job income, and then some. So my big takeaway from today's conversation is kind of twofold. The first part is that AJ took a leap of faith and decided to go all in on his business after he'd been laid off. He could have gotten a job. He was actually looking at jobs. He had job offers on the table, but he decided to go all in. And that takes a lot of courage. And so I always find those kind of things insightful and inspiring just to remember that it's not always an easy transition, but it can definitely be worth it. And the second main takeaway is how he was able to grow from nothing to replacing his full day job income and then some, and he's grown it substantially since then. And he did that by focusing on a niche and getting the right employees in at the right time. And so we kind of explore both those subjects today. So I'll leave it at that and say that I think you're really going to enjoy today's conversation. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. So AJ, let's kick things off. I want to start with how you actually got into LinkedIn, LinkedIn advertising to begin with. And then I want to learn a little bit more about how you grew B2 Linked um, and kind of some of the numbers you're on track to hit this year, which I think are pretty remarkable. Sounds great. Well, yeah, my intro to LinkedIn, I had a college professor in my junior year tell us, you know, hey, this is business school. You guys should really sign up for this thing. And I was like, oh, never heard of it. I better do that. And so I had a profile for many years, but then I went into digital marketing and I'd been doing that for about five years and then, you know, really fancying myself an expert at this point. And then I got recruited in to run all of the digital marketing department for a a local highly funded startup. And as I was talking to the CMO on my first day, she mentioned that she was starting a pilot with LinkedIn ads and I should see what I could do with it. And of course, didn't want to look like an idiot to my brand new boss. I saluted and said, yes, ma'am, absolutely. I'll, I'll go try it out. And I left her office and just, you know, started playing with the platform, trying to study as much as I could. And uh, within about two months, one of our sales guys came up to me and said, AJ, we don't know what you're doing, but we all love your leads. Keep it up. And I was like, that's interesting. I'm, I'm curious. So I went and logged into Salesforce, which was, you know, the the CRM the sales team was using at the time, looked at all of the leads that this particular sales rep was dispositioning. And all of them at that point were sourced from LinkedIn. And so I knew there was something there and couple that with the fact that every time I would have a question about LinkedIn ads, I would go and Google it. Hey, how do you do this on LinkedIn ads? And there were no answers out there because no one was talking. And so having a little bit of this entrepreneurial itch going on, uh, basically my whole life, I went, okay, if no one else is out there talking about it and I'm seeing a lot of success, maybe that should be me. And I actually ended up getting laid off from that position after about Mm. two and a half years. And after I got laid off, I was like, okay, well, what better time than now? And so I uh, decided to start B2 LinkedIn. We're an ad agency where LinkedIn ads, sorry, LinkedIn ads is all we can do or all we do do. That's awesome. Okay. That's, and I like the focus on it. So you took that skill set, you started rolling it out to other clients. Tell me about kind of like what it was like getting your first client or two. Cause I, I think a lot of times that's one of the hardest points. And then of course, you know, there's different 
pains of scaling, but that first one or two is always kind of an interesting story. So what did you do to actually get your first couple of clients? Yeah. So, you know, starting out, I found myself laid off with three kids with one on the way. And, you know, that's a lot of stress for a, for a breadwinner to, to be taking on. And so my wife at the time told me, Hey, go out and actually look for jobs. Like I'm curious to see what you could get. So I went out and, and got a, a few job offers and, you know, we're really religious people. And so I was praying about them and I, I essentially got told like, no, turn them all down. And I was like, okay, that's a little bit scary to turn down job offers for more money than I've ever gotten before, but okay, I'll do it. And when I started asking about it, like, Hey, I've had this, this idea for a long time of a, a LinkedIn ads agency or consultancy. I, I got the answer that was like, move forward. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And so, so I knew that's what we had to do, but it didn't help me get clients. Right. And so immediately you know, we figured out that we had something like 11 months of runway to get moving before I had to go and basically get a job. You know, we're pretty good at saving. And so in month one, uh, I took all of my, you know, work friends basically to lunch and just let them know what I was doing and that I was looking for clients. I should mention that before I got laid off, like the last two or three months before I got laid off, I started mentioning to people like, Hey, you know, I'm starting to do a little bit of LinkedIn consulting on the side. If you know, anyone started to hang my shingle out there a little bit and didn't have a single lead. And then as soon as I was laid off and started announcing to the world, this is all I'm doing. Then the leads started pouring in. So just a heads up to everyone. If you're having a hard time growing your business on the side, it could just be that your contacts are not thinking that you're serious enough, or that they might be worried that you might not give them enough attention attention. But as soon as you hang out your shingle and say, Hey, we're in business, this is what we're doing. Uh, you'll probably see a lot more success. So anyway, sorry for that <laughs> interjection. Yeah, no. So it was like direct, essentially direct sales for you. It was like reaching out to people you knew saying, Hey, this is, this is what we're doing. And then getting interest and getting your first couple of clients that way. Right. Absolutely. And I did, I got my first couple clients from friends referrals by month two, I was starting to do webinars and it was mostly webinars with potential good partners. So I found people who weren't in the LinkedIn ad space specifically to manage it, but tool providers were really good for me. So did those, got a few more clients. By month three, I started to do in-person networking events and you know, got a few deals that way. By month five, I was making more money in the company than my previous salary at the last job. And so it was by month five that we finally said, Ooh, we don't have to buy the bargain mac and cheese anymore. We can actually buy normal craft mac and cheese because this is actually going to work. But all that first five months of runway were really scary. Okay. So that's interesting. Okay. That, I mean, that's still pretty compelling how quickly you got up and running. I mean, five months isn't slow. Um, to replace your whole income. And I should say, because that's a really good point. I should say, I tell people all the time, if I were to open my doors and say, we're another SEO agency or we're another Facebook ads agency, it would have taken much longer than five months to get a foothold. But because we are so niche and no one else was doing LinkedIn ads, it really accelerated a lot quicker. So uh, I'm a big fan of the phrase, riches are in the niches. And so make sure that you have a really solid niche because that'll get you a lot faster traction. Yeah. And so when you got started, it was it was essentially just you running this, both getting the clients, onboarding them, running the ads for the, these companies, kind of doing it all, would you say? Like, were you kind of wearing every hat or did you actually right from the get-go, did you start with any either employer or any contractors that you subcontracted out any work to? 
<laughs> I was an idiot. <laughs> That's all I'll say. My issue was, you know, really before this, I, I'd probably only managed five or six people in my career. And so I, I didn't know, I didn't, wasn't super skilled in people management. It wasn't something I had or was used to. And so I'm a, I'm a hard driver and I'm a hard worker and that's what I do. So for the whole first year, I hammered it out by myself. I was sales, I was execution, I was strategy, everything. And then after about a year, I went, okay, well, I, I really do need some help, but I can't really justify paying a lot for it. So I went and got an intern, someone who I could pay 14 bucks an hour to. Uh, there was a, a local college student. And then after a little while, work started piling up. And I thought, well, what if I got two of these part-time students each at 20 hours a week, then I would essentially have a full-time person. And I reasoned through it that way, which turns out absolutely not to be the case. A part-time employee especially one that's a student, as soon as midterms or finals roll around, you get zero help. And it was like having half a person. So <laughs> by the, I would say after about a year and a half, I finally decided, you know, cause it's really scary to hire someone full-time when, you know, you know that that's going to be you just paying someone out of your own money essentially trading money for giving like getting back some of your time. And that was a really hard step for me, but it was an absolute life changer. When I finally made an offer to a full-time person, brought them on, I took my first vacation two months later and, and it was amazing. I would highly recommend getting to that point. Interesting. Okay. So you finally got to that point. You started to kind of remove yourself from the process. What were the, the things that you kind of wanted to remove yourself from at first? And I asked this because I know if I myself have run essentially a semi agency, we'll say, got up to a point before I realized ah, I don't really actually like running this kind of model. Sometimes I just have to test things out. But um, so then I, I and I also asked because, you know, I one of the things though that I as I was growing that I realized well I need to replace certain aspects of what I do. And at first I was just kind of looking for another me, and then you realize like that doesn't exist. <laughs> There's just, and it's not even reasonable. So then you got to start to think about, okay, what are the actual kind of specific tasks that need to be done and where can I get, I guess, the best ROI? I, I, you know, presumably you went through that process. So just walk me through how you made that decision. Yeah. Well, obviously I want to unload anything I possibly can that makes sense to offload. So I'll preface this by saying I'm the worst sales guy in the whole world. I do all the sales for our agency, but just because I don't trust anyone else to be on the phone talking about LinkedIn ads to every extent that, you know, someone might come to us with, but I still do it. And you'll be able to see that if you use the contact form on my website and we have a conversation, I will never pitch you. You will not hear a pitch from me. I'm not a sales guy. So I just inundate you with good information until you say, great, let's work together. You know, what's it going to cost? So sales, I have to kind of hang on to. Uh, strategy, it would take a long time to train someone up to the point where they could lead strategy. So I've still got that. But what I could pass off were things like, you know, the quick client communication back and forth, like, hey, can you get us some new images? Hey, how are those new landing pages coming? You know, they can do that. Also, LinkedIn ads is not nearly as technologically advanced as AdWords or Facebook ads. So for those of you who might know AdWords or Facebook ads, you have tools like AdWords Editor or Power Editor and Facebook where you can do things in bulk. You can bulk publish ads. You can you know, bulk turn campaigns on and off or change their bids or change their budgets. LinkedIn doesn't have anything like that. And so because it doesn't, there's a lot of manual work that I could pass off to a, a, a minion of some sort to go through and just you know, tackle these massive accounts because we, we run several of the world's largest accounts. So when you get, when you have to go and change bids on a thousand campaigns, it's sure helpful to get some help there. Now, let me ask you a question then kind of about the business itself. 
what are the type of companies that like actually benefit from running ads on LinkedIn? Because I've heard different things. I mean, I've actually heard that primary, and again, these are people that I, I don't know how well they're, how good they are at it. So obviously skill comes into this in a big way. But one of the things I've heard is that it's, you know, it's really pricey to get into LinkedIn. So now that's relative, right? So obviously it has to, I mean, there's a lot of things that that, that means and that in and of itself isn't a bad thing per se, but I know under, understanding people who are coming from the Facebook space or at least the pre-Facebook boom space where you get like leads for for pennies on the dollar, <laughs> yeah. LinkedIn is a little bit different. So tell me a little bit about the type of business that that's actually ideal, like kind of your both your ideal client and the type of client that actually can benefit from LinkedIn ads. Great. So I'll preface by saying all social advertising is disruptive, which means you're showing ads to someone who's not necessarily looking for you. That means you're going to have low engagement rates, possibly low conversion rates, whereas something like search, where it's maybe SEO, Google ads, Bing ads are going to be, let's show an ad to someone while they're looking for it. You get these really high engagement rates. So I say that I start by saying LinkedIn ads are really expensive compared to other social channels. On average, uh, I see costs per click somewhere between about six and nine dollars on LinkedIn, whereas B two B clicks from Facebook might be eighty cents to a dollar fifty. So you know they are very expensive. Google AdWords can be quite expensive as well. You know, clicks can go up to two or three hundred dollars in some spaces. But keep in mind that AdWords clicks are by someone who is looking to do business with you right now. So you consider the fact that LinkedIn is you know one step up in the funnel and it's expensive like an AdWords click. Uh, I absolutely agree with other people who say like you really need to approach LinkedIn thoughtfully because it is expensive. So what we've found when you close a deal, if it's going to net you fifteen thousand or more from the lifetime of a client, then LinkedIn ads are definitely for you. If you're going to net much less than that, it's, you know, sometimes there's success, sometimes it's not totally depends on your sales follow-up process and, and what that funnel looks like. And so I try to tell people if you're business to business with really high deal size, it absolutely makes sense. And then I'll also throw in white collar recruiting tends to work every time, as well as higher education, like an MBA school trying to recruit new students it works really well. So those are my three buckets that I put people in. That's interesting. So now you're getting to a certain point where it's growing pretty substantially. You're still kind of one of the only people on the block doing this. And obviously, like you said, you have some big accounts that you're managing this for. Where where are you going from here? And how are you kind of, how do you think about that process of like where you grow, how much you grow, like and how you want to go through that process and what's your ultimate goal with that? Well, my ultimate goal, I actually, as an entrepreneur, you get asked this all the time, like, so what's next? And, you know, I think about it from an agent's an agency perspective, there are two routes you can go. You can either grow to be a bigger agency, uh, which doesn't really excite me because I remember what it was like being in corporate to have, you know, all day meetings or meetings to plan meetings. And those things are just not exciting. And I, I want to keep a small company. So that's out. Uh, or you can build it up and sell it. But agencies rarely go for more than one times revenue. And I think about it going, well, why would I sell for one times revenue now when I could just run the business for one more year and still own the asset? So I think I've decided I want this to be a small agency for a long time. And I've decided I don't want more than about six employees. So we're we're going to be six employees here in the next couple months. So we might be at capacity for where I want to be. And that's okay. I mean, we can still manage very large accounts in a in a great way. We've still found great processes to, to make sure that we can, you know, manage these really large accounts with very little overhead. So that's what I'm going to attempt to do. Uh, it's provided a very comfortable lifestyle for us 
uh, so far and the opportunity to really bring up and educate some younger marketing folks and you know start them out in their careers as well. So I'm really excited about where we've landed. That's awesome. And then for you, like, is this uh, something that like, that you have any intention, like eventually, I guess, when you think about that, like, do you, is there a way to structure for something like, Hey, eventually, like maybe I do want to sell. So do I need to be thinking about that now? Cause I actually, I appreciate your perspective on it now. I am, I like that a lot. Like, Hey, just focus on now, focus on the things that are working good lifestyle. But I wonder too, it's always in the back of my mind. Like, I wonder like, well, am I sacrificing anything by not, you know, putting time or energy or thinking about, could this be a sellable asset in the future? And just kind of your, I guess, your insights and your take on that. Yeah, I, I mean, I unless we develop some sort of technology, and we have, we've developed a little bit of technology, um, I just don't see it being something that could receive a, a giant multiple. So I think what my focus would be on over time is to build the asset up to where mm. other people can manage it and I could step away. And, you know, build someone else up as he's the the big LinkedIn ads expert or she's the big LinkedIn ads expert now. She goes around speaking at all the conferences and AJ is going to hang out with his family more. Uh, I, I could see that happening, but I haven't gotten bored yet. And, and we're three years in. So maybe you know, ask me in another three years and see if I've gotten bored yet. No, that's awesome. Well, AJ, this is fantastic, man. I really appreciate these insights. Any other bits of advice for somebody kind of getting started? I mean, you were put into a, a tough position and you just like said, oh, I'm going to try this out. Like, I, and it seemed like a good, we'll say, a, I guess at the time it seemed, sounds like it seemed like a good bet to at least try, but, and then you made it happen, which is remarkable and not everybody does. So any advice for somebody who's getting started, maybe who's ha having a rough patch or even somebody who's getting started, kind of slogging it out, not maybe seeing kind of the the, the numbers of the growth that they they want, where it can be sustainable, any bits of advice for them? Well, if I didn't get kicked out the door, I would not be an entrepreneur. Uh, so as someone who is what I would call a reluctant entrepreneur, uh, I would say, you know, if you've got a little bit of an entrepreneurial itch, but you're afraid of taking the leap, uh, don't be afraid of going to work for someone and be getting paid to to get a skill set. I would just say that while you're building your skill set, working for the man or whatever you want to call it, Definitely focus in on a very narrow niche, something that you can be the best in the world at, because if you can find something that is a big enough pain point that you can solve and it's a big enough niche to, you know, maybe there's only 500 people in the world who need what you do, but can you sustain, sustain yourself on, on that over time? If the answer is yes, then, you know, absolutely. I mean, do whatever you can to start you know, working on the side, build up that expertise, take classes, whatever you need to do. But that's what the world wants from you is you providing value that no one else in the world can. So work towards that. And then as soon as you are ready to jump off on your own, uh, you'll be prepared. You know, you'll be like me where you had a skill set that no one else in the world had. And within five months, you can recoup salary instead of several years like it takes other, you know, other new businesses. I love it. So much great advice completely resonates with me, especially the skill set piece, because it's one of those things it's, it's so useful to just be working on things that could improve your, we'll say optionality down the road and skill sets in, in particular things that are like useful to the world and useful to people, especially if they're directly correlated to wealth creation. I mean, those are like the easiest things to sell because again, that's, you know, for obvious reasons, but like any kind of skill that you, you develop and you become really good at, it just opens up doors potentially in the future, like invisible doors that would not be open to you otherwise. So great advice, AJ. I really appreciate that. 
Where can people reach out to find you, connect with you, maybe hire you if they're also the right fit for kind of the services you guys provide? Sure thing. Well, if you fit in one of those categories that we talked about earlier, then definitely go to B2Linked. That's the letter B, the number two, and then the word linked.com. Like I mentioned before, if you fill out that form at the bottom of the page to contact me, I ask any question you want. I'm an open book. You won't get a sales pitch. And uh, you also won't be put into some sort of complex workflow or have a sales guy reach out to you. That's just not the way we do things. So uh, we aim to be helpful. If you have any question about LinkedIn ads, hit me up. I'm also pretty active on Twitter. So if you just have a quick question here or there, WilcoxAJ is my handle on Twitter. Uh, Just reach out with any question. and I'm super happy to answer. Awesome. Thank you so much, AJ. Really appreciate it. Hey, you bet, Tom. Thanks so much for having me on. Are you trying to grow your online business, but struggling to get new customers consistently and predictably? Are you tired of working nonstop only to see your income plateau? Are you ready to step off the hustle hamster wheel, as I call it? and step onto a path of predictable profit that you can scale as much or as little as you want. Don't worry, you're not alone. I've been there. When I first got started, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. So I started reading blogs and listening to podcasts by people I respected and wanted to learn from. I slowly but surely put their recommendations into practice. But because I wanted to do it all myself, maybe you're something like that, right? And you love to do, do it by yourself, learn through trial and error. Well, bottom line is it took forever. Results were unpredictable when I was first getting started. I wasn't sure where to spend my time, money, and energy. And shiny penny syndrome got the best of me on more than one occasion. For many entrepreneurs, the amount I sacrificed, working literally nonstop in some cases in my spare time, and 12 and 14-hour days routinely after going full-time, combined with the endless fog of war, aka that uncertainty that I had to deal with at all times because I was going it alone, I think that would have been enough for most entrepreneurs to throw in the towel. But I was persistent, focused, and I stayed humble. Day after day, I worked to grow the traffic to my website, increase my list of subscribers, and generate a healthy living for my eBooks, eCourses, and other digital products. At least that was the goal. But maybe more important than the work was that I paid attention to what I was doing, including what worked and what didn't. Eventually, I discovered a predictable pattern of growth. And so what I did was I just doubled down on those things, and I scrapped or sidelined the other things that weren't working so well. Finally, two years after resigning my commission as a captain in the army and going full-time on my online business front with my blog, with my podcast, et cetera, I replaced my income with digital product income. Two years. And so if that's where it stopped, I would have been happy with it. I would have been happy with the results. I wouldn't have complained. I would have been very content just replacing my income. But the bottom line is it was so much work. I wanted to you know, see if it could go somewhere else, right? So I just kept doing what I was doing, but better, faster, and more effectively. Again, just kind of applying the same system that I discovered uh, from seeing these patterns emerge, right? So I implemented it, I kept doing it. And eventually replacing my income turned into doubling my income. And then that turned into a little bit more and a little bit more. But not just that, it afforded me the freedom to dictate my day and also choose the projects I want to work on, on the schedule and on the timeline I want, and to work with the people I want to work with. And to me, that's like a whole new level of freedom, especially coming from the military. It's something I've never really had that level of complete autonomy until I became my own boss. I started my own business and until ultimately until it became profitable enough for me to start to take a step back and actually reap the rewards of it because it's not all just working, working, working. And I do believe it's hard work. And I'll always say that nothing about doing this stuff is easy, but at the same time, you've got to reap the rewards at some point and take some of that profit, uh, even if you're just reinvesting it into new assets and things like that. Bottom line is, 
It can't just be work, right? Entrepreneurship and business is about that result that occurs, the value you've created and the profit, that that piece of value that you've captured, okay? And you want to be able to reap the rewards of that profit, of that value, that little sliver of value that you get to capture, that you get to net, right? You want to be able to take advantage of that. Otherwise, you know, the entrepreneurship game really does become just a grind. And, and for, I think, a lot of entrepreneurs, unfortunately, it becomes meaningless, and that's when they quit. Well, for me, I love this stuff. I really, truly do. I mean, it is my thing. And so that's why I didn't just stop where I was at. I've stayed committed to learning everything I can about all aspects of this online business world and this online marketing world. And I do this through real-world application. In other words, I'm currently growing several online businesses, and I'm always putting my ideas to the test in real time with my own money, with my own time and energy, oftentimes with employees, you know, a lot of some some stuff more advanced, some stuff more simple, but you know, so varying levels of complexity and again, in different spaces, different niches. And I can say, you know, bottom line, I've always loved the startup hustle, but I got to say, it's nice to now be in a position where I can get big results with much less effort, thanks to having built the foundation of my business the right way. And again, I did it all through trial and error, but I don't think that that's the way that everyone needs to do it. And in fact, looking back on it, if I had to redo it, I don't know if I would. It was so difficult to just go it alone and try to figure everything out by myself. So one of the things I've tried to do is give back with this podcast, with my blog, and with my newsletter. But maybe even more rewarding than any of this stuff, while I've enjoyed all of it, I think the thing that I'm enjoying the most, that I find most engaging and rewarding, is the premium business mastermind and coaching program I run called 100K Academy. Inside 100K Academy, I help ambitious entrepreneurs who are very driven and excited to be doing what they're doing. I help them grow their reach, their influence, and their profit using my proprietary marketing system. That's the same one I use to scale my own online businesses from zero to multiple six figures and beyond. And the same system I use to help my clients reach the New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller list, set Kickstarter funding records, and create viral product launches that have turned into predictable revenue streams. So lots and lots of case studies that you can find at tommorcus.com. If you're curious, just go to tommorcus.com slash about, and that'll get you started. Most importantly, this system is one that 100K Academy members and alumni have used to achieve tremendous results, like Alexa, who used it to have her most profitable year ever, or Tina, who used it to make five figures from a sales funnel that she can now replicate and scale, and that's exactly what she's doing, or Carrie, who made over $75,000 in just seven days. And the crazy part about his story was that his online business was actually a side hustle up until that first profitable launch, which he has then been able to grow and scale. And he subsequently quit his job following that very successful week. And I think that that has been just a game changer for Kerry and the life he's living and the work he gets to do and the impact he gets to make on the world because of the great work he's doing now, because he was able to figure out a system that would get him the targeted traffic, the subscribers, the sales to grow a profitable online business. Bottom line, if you want to grow your online business from six to seven figures, but you flatlined or you're struggling, or you just want to be told what to do and when to do it and in what order, right? And you want a system that is predictable and scalable and isn't just you know another shiny penny, but actually will fit right into your business. It plugs in and is something that you can truly grow. I want you to go to tommorcus.com slash academy. That's tommorcus.com slash academy. Academy is spelled A-C-A-D-E-M-Y. Go to tommorcus.com slash academy, and you'll find a page on my website with more details about 100K Academy, the business mastermind coaching program I run, as well as instructions on what to do next. Again, that's tommorcus.com slash academy. And if you're serious about growing your reach, influence, and profit, just follow the instructions 
and we'll be in touch, okay? Again, tommorcus.com slash academy. Go ahead and head over there now. That's it for today. Stay frosty.